Welcome to the Anthem Church Podcast. Our desire is to transform lives through authentic experiences with God and with people. This message is brought to you from Anthem Church in Fairview, Oregon. We pray you are encouraged, inspired, and strengthened through the teaching and preaching of God's Word. in this series we've called The Rock, right? And uh, I have really enjoyed this series about building your life on the Word of God. And uh, in this final message, you're going to learn how to hold on to God's Word. And so get your notes out, take out a pen and fill in the blanks, jot down some things that God whispers in your ear. I know he's going to. Oh, hey, I needed to say this also. Um, This guy right here, came up to me and gave me a card after this first service. About two months ago, we prayed for him. In the back, he had a bladder cancer, and the doctors had told him that they were going to have to remove his bladder, and, and, uh, so, that, uh, and so he asked for prayer. We prayed. We curse that thing at its roots. In Jesus' name, by the authority of the Word and the blood of Jesus, we declared him healed. So a month ago, he was sitting in the back. I said, how's it going? He goes, well, the doctor said they think they can save my, my, my organs, you know, my bladder. And so I was going, thank you, Jesus, right? Step one, right? And I said, we're going to believe for a complete miracle. This morning after the service, he came up and said, Pastor Brad, I can't keep quiet. The doctor said, there is no cancer whatsoever. It is absolutely gone. Hallelujah. <laughs> Man, we serve such a wonderful God who rewards faith and trust and and believe uh, and thank uh, His Word. Amen. When we trust His Word, so such a fantastic thing. Second thing I need to do before I get into the Word today is I need to honor somebody who uh, has been uh, has taken a, uh, gone into a new chapter in her life, but was a fantastic, amazing staff member for six years here at Anthem, and we're gonna just uh, I want to honor Hannah Partridge this morning. Come on up here, Hannah. Come on. So, yeah. You know, you guys, she... You know, six years was all she could take. <laughs> so we've checked her into a recovery center and they let her out on Sundays. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Actually, I was talking to a guy this week uh, and invited him to church, and he goes, "Yeah, I, 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 you know, I was a Lutheran, and or that's where I've gone to." I said, "Hey, we've got recovering Lutherans at our church too, and recovering Catholics like me, and you know, recovering all kinds of folks." Amen. <laughs> so, uh, but Hannah, you know, uh, when we merged a church. And Hannah was part of that church. And when our churches merged, uh, I noticed something very special about her and just uh, her countenance and where she was. And just and, and so God just enabled, you know, she came on the staff and, and uh, really has been over the last six years an incredible right arm and right hand and, and just has been so, so supported. Lisa and I, we're so grateful for your, her, your time here and, uh, and the way she loves you guys and serves this house. It's just a miracle. 
And, you know, it has not been the, uh, it has been a bumpy road. There's been some bumpy roads, you know, life journeys, journeys have bumps in them, you know, life journeys. And we've had some bumpy roads in, as through the church and probably she was in, you know, a part of the, the bumpiest time <laughs> that we've had. Uh, but what, you know, what Hannah provided for us during that time was, uh, you know, as God just used her to really be an emotional anchor for the team and for the staff. And, and me, I'm like, suck it up. Come on. We got a battle to fight, right? Well, she was a little bit more putting her arms around people and helping them, uh, you know, process stuff uh, that we, we had to deal with. And so uh, she really became that heartbeat, an emotional heartbeat of the staff and just such an incredible, incredible woman of God from one who has just uh, came on as just administrative assistant and then through the years developed the, the, the gift of God in her and the ministry gift that just has blessed me, blessed Elisa. I mean, these two are like, you know, they have conversations that, well, uh, you know, so honest and so wonderful. And that's just kind of, so I'm not, I've moved on from being her boss to being just a friend and her pastor. And, and uh, it's really wonderful. And I wanted to honor her because a lot of people, when they, when they go to, uh, when they leave a staff, they just kind of check out, you know, they head on to uh, other places, but not Hannah. Hannah's here. She's, you know, part of the worship team this morning and her family's here and, you know, they talked it over and what are we going to do? And there was no question. It's gonna, we're, this is our house, this is, this is our family, and this is where we're, uh, uh, we're going to be. And so uh, I just wanted to take a moment to honor you and to just thank you for all that you've done and been a part for this season. And now we'll watch to see how you bless the, the house of God from a different place and different point of view as a, as a yeah, great volunteer and uh, lay minister. So we have a little gift for you. And we want to pray for her. Amen. So she thought we were going to, she thought we were going to repurpose the flowers we gave her in the first service, right? <laughs> but no, no, re-gift, right? Re-gift. Yeah. The, so, but hey, would you stretch out your hands towards her and let's pray as she steps into this next chapter. Father, thank you for Hannah. Thank you for her love for your house, for this, for your people. And Lord, I pray that as you continue to expand her and enlarge her and, and uh, she continues to be a blessing to her world and the new opportunities you give her, Lord, I thank you that, God, the, 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 uh, the increase will be evident to all and the continual growth development and blessing that she is, has been to us, will multiply to those in her world. And so, Lord, bless her, use her in a mighty way for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. <laughs> okay. Good deal. We got to do that. You know, that's not that's not my personality. And uh, you know, you're going what? Hey, yeah, my personality is like, all right. Okay, so that's done. Okay, let's go on to the next. Oh, she's leaving. Get somebody to take her place. Mamie is here. All right, good. We hired Mamie. Let's go on, right? And, and uh, so I'm, I'm so grateful that we have a team around us that kind of help us to see where our shortcomings are. And, but my personality, that's just the way I'm wired. It's kind of like, where's the next mountain? Okay, what do we need to do next? You know, let's get moving. You know, what? Somebody fell off the wagon? Too bad. <laughs> They'll get a ride to somebody else. Let's go. You know, <laughs> and uh, 
So, you know, I know that's not right, you know, but so that's why we're a team. And, and as a church, we all have different personality types and different gifts, and we all have to find those out and, and, uh, and use them. And that's why, you know, in our belong uh, growth track, you know, we want to make sure that everybody, you know, that we understand those things about ourselves. And so in, the, in, in one of the, the, uh, in the third week, we have a, a discovery, uh, it's a discovery time. We talk about spiritual gifts, but we're going to take that a step farther and have a personality test, add that to that, so you can kind of see where you line up and where your personality is and how the spiritual, what spiritual gifts God has uniquely wired you with so you can just become the best that God wants you to be. Amen? Don't you think that's a great idea? So if you haven't taken that, you know, come on, let's get going and, and get involved in the Belong class. Uh, uh, at, at the first is one is on the first Sunday, two is on the second Sunday, three and four, and so there's four weeks. Just jump in. All right. Okay. So let's get started. Look at your Bible, uh, your key Bible verse. It's on your notes uh, from John 8. Jesus said this, if you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciple. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I love this. If you hold on to my teaching, Listen, it's one thing to, to get something. It's one thing to hear something or, or, or receive something, but to really hold on to it is quite another thing. Come on, say amen, right? I mean, because uh, it's easy to forget it, to forget about it. It's easy to let something else become more important. It's easy to, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to just... Let it kind of filter away in the, in the busyness of life. But Jesus says, if, you're, if you hold on to my word, you are truly my disciple. And then a miracle begins to take place. He says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Freedom will start coming to your life. It'll impact all of your life. Your, 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 your world will, your, you know, your job, your marriage, your, 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 your parenting experience, your home, your finances. They'll, and there, there'll be a release of freedom that happens in that and it'll all be good. Come on, when you hold on to the word of truth. Now, I'm gonna just admit, Holding on is difficult to do. It's difficult to hold on to things, right? I mean, think about we're, we're a month into the year, right? 2019, how many made resolutions? Have you held on to all those resolutions, right? See, it's tough to hold on to the, like, like, you know, I'm so grateful for the 21 days of prayer and fasting because, you know, during those 21 days, I usually lose a few pounds. Thank you, Jesus. However, you know, you know, usually it, it comes down to, I, I, I haven't lost them, I've just misplaced them. And then, and then you know, over the next few weeks, I, we get reacquainted again, right? And you know, like, like last, you know, last night, there was a couple pounds that I got reacquainted with, and, it, and, uh, and I really enjoyed it too. I'm telling you, the experience was great. But uh, anyway, there are a lot of things that want to take hold of us in life, but we need to take hold of two primary things. And one, of course, we are the two, the two things that we've focused on here in January, prayer and the Word of God. 21 days of prayer, the, the, uh, the, the Word of God. Because I want you firmly planted in the Word. This, these, this, and, and I want you to build your, wor your uh, future on the wisdom and the foundation of God's Word. Next week, we're going to talk about relationships and, and uh, how important it is to hold on to those. And, and uh, we've got a series uh, that's going to be called This Is Us. Sound familiar? This is us. And, uh, and uh, come on, how, how many know that it, it is a challenge sometimes to hold on to relationships? 
especially when that person is imperfect. And don't say amen, they're probably sitting next to you. So, uh, uh, but it's hard to hold on to uh, 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 those relationships. It's hard for a lot of people to do that. And so they just give up. In fact, I heard one person say, you know, they they were so frustrated with trying to hold on to relationships. They said they'd come to the conclusion that the only thing that gives unconditional love in their life is their dog is their dog, right? And I thought about that and it might be true. It just might be true. I mean, you can, you can test it out this way. You know, put your spouse and your dog in the trunk for an hour and then open up the trunk and see which one is more happy to see you after you let them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, don't do that, okay? I'm not uh, an advocate of abuse. All right. Uh, So this next series is going to be about holding on to your relationship. So uh, listen, and next week, listen, everybody has a relationship uh, with somebody, okay? And you have relationships with somebody that need to be here. And so I want to challenge you for next week. Everybody bring somebody, okay? Everyone bring one. Let's, let's uh, okay, and bring them and uh, help them, okay? You're not, you're not forcing them to come to church. You're just helping them. Say, listen, I want to help you. I really care about you. I want your relationships to be better. So come, come and learn it. And uh, so it's going to be great, okay? Uh, so next week, I'm going to talk about five dysfunctions of a family. So it's going to be great. Anyway, uh, so holding on to God's word, okay? So in 2019, if you hold on to God's word better, it's going to be the best year that you ever had. We talked about this in the beginning, that if it's your best, 2019 can be your best year if it's your best year spiritually. So how do we do it? Four ways. Number one, you make the word of God your foundation for your life, okay? The foundation for your life. And you're the one that does it. You make it the foundation, Nobody else is going to do that for you. You make it the foundation for your life. Listen, you can't build a quality structure unless there is a quality foundation under it. And if you want a quality life, then you need to build on the, thing, the, qual- the things that's going to give you a quality foundation. Jesus said it this way, Matthew 7, 24. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And I, I think about this. This is a great story. Jesus is pointing out to us. He's telling you right here who he thinks is a smart person. I mean, do you want Jesus to look at you and go, now there's a smart person? I do. And so what does he say? The person who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. That's like a no-brainer, right? Right? And so, you know, he goes on to say, and I hate to break this to you, that there's going to be some hard times coming, okay? That there's going to be storms that are going to arise in your life. 2019 is going to have some storms in it. But he said, if you build your foundation on the Word of God, your life on the Word of God, listen, then you'll be able to, you know, take care of it, go through those storms, and it isn't going to take you down, Okay. And Jesus said, if you build it on the sand, listen, you're going to go down. And, and there are some foundations that people build on. They're, they're faulty foundations. They're on sand that have become very common in this, in this world. And, and I want to point them out to you so you can be careful that you don't fall into the, a trap of, one of, those, of building on one of those foundations. And the first one is the popular culture. Popular culture is a, 
faulty foundation. And it's very tempting for people because they don't want to be left behind. I mean, everybody else is doing it, right? But here's the truth. Culture is always shifting. The Word of God does not. It's solid, okay? And so if you want to build something on, constantly, on something that's constantly shifting, doesn't that sound dangerous from a, from a, building stand, from a builder standpoint? So, you know, I have to ask myself this question all the time. I have to, under, you know, ask, how much do I want this culture to infect my life? And then, I, you know, then I have to, you know, I just have to look at how much I let into my world, how much I want to let the culture infect my, my thoughts, my, 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 uh, my time, uh, how much secular music, secular media, current culture ideas, how far do I let this infect my life? Exodus 23 kind of gives us the answer. It says, do not follow the crowd in wrongdoing. And so there's something that you have to constantly monitor if you're, or you'll slip in to the faulty foundation of this culture. I also think tradition is a faulty foundation, tradition. And, uh, you know, people get caught up in tradition and traditions become more important than truth. And, uh, you know, like in church, there's a lot of traditions and, uh, and that, that, that people get caught up into the style, the, the way we've always done it, you know, the, the, the methods, the colors, the designs, you know, all these things. And, and it, Jesus knew that the tendency of people were to, would be to get caught up in tradition. Well, I like some traditional things. I really do, personally. Like when I get out my guitar at home and I start worshiping God, the, it's the amazing thing happens. I, I begin to worship. I start playing old hymns, hymns that, you know, I, I learned years ago, that incredible things, and they're very traditional. But, you know, we're not going to do that here. I mean, I like them. I worship them. They're wonderful. But, you know, I don't want to get caught up in that tradition. Jesus knew it was the tendency of people. So that's why he said in Mark 7, you have to let go of the, you, he was talking to them. He says, you have let go of the commands of God and are holding to human traditions. So be careful that you don't get caught up in that. Here's the third faulty foundation that people are tempted to build on. And it's reason, reason. And reason says, let me think about it for a while. Think about it first. And I'll get to back to you with my opinion on this. And so it's not the truth that they, you know, receive, but what they, but what they think about the truth now, okay? And it's not whether the truth is right, but my opinion regarding that truth. And, and I think that's a very popular uh, method of thinking in this current generation. Well, okay, that's what the Bible says. Well, let me think about it and see what I, I'll let you know what I think, okay? Instead of it being the truth. And what happens in the midst of this is there's, the, the danger of this is it opens the door to all kinds of redefining of, of things that the Bible is real clear on. So it, you know, redefining of, of, uh, of, uh, of truths and, uh, and of, of things like marriage, sexuality, the value of the unborn. And I think those are things are things that are, uh, that uh, uh, there's truths according to the word of God. And reason comes in the, in, gets in the way of that. And uh, Proverbs 16 says this, there is a way that seems right to a man. I mean, it seems right. This is what seems right to us, but in the end, it leads to death. So listen, you can go with what you think about what God says, or you can just go with what God says, okay? 
You can go with you think about what God says, or you can go with, or you can decide to go with the creator, the designer of the universe, the one who put the stars and everything in place. As for me personally, I'm going to go with God, okay? And here's the last faulty foundation that I think is very tempting, and that's to build your world on your feelings, how I feel about things. If it feels right, then it must be right, right? And, uh, and uh, listen, your feelings will lie to you. They just do over and over. Too many people, for too many people, this becomes the theology of their life. And uh, people say, well, you know, I feel good about where I'm at. And I think God feels good. God's, God and I are good. And it's about you follow your feelings instead of the word of God. But this won't work out in the end. And here's what, what's going to happen. I promise you. If you build your life on that kind of foundation, doing what feels right, chaos is going to end up coming. Confusion, chaos, trouble is going to, and uh, and it's just around the corner. I promise you. I, I mean, I, it'll it'll play out because it does every time. And there's a sad, very sad book in the Bible that that shows this. It's the book of Judges. Now, some of my favorite stories are in the book of Judges, uh, but the book is written against the backdrop of all kinds of oppression and chaos. And, and once in a while, these leaders would rise up and bring some victory. But the most of it, there's oppression and chaos because of one thing. And it's written in the final chapter. And here's the reason for it all. In Judges 21, 25 from the Message Bible, all that time there was no king in Israel. People did whatever they felt like doing. And so that's a very dangerous thing. They followed their feelings. So, you know, making the Word of God the foundation for your life, you know, sometimes there's some questions that, there's a couple questions that we have to answer in the midst of this to, in order to, to, and I, to, uh, to be convinced. And here's a couple things that commonly come up. What, what do I do when I don't understand it? What if I don't understand what the Bible says? Well, I mean, there are times when you open the Bible, you read it, you don't got a clue, right? But what do you have to do? You have to learn, listen to what it says, and trust it. You don't have to understand to believe it. Come on, amen? You don't have to understand to trust it. And here's the truth. Wouldn't it be a sad thing if the creator of the universe didn't have anything left to reveal to us? If we could understand it all? Listen, I don't want to serve a God that... that it's all, you know, all written here that is that small. Come on, are you with me? God is so big. He is so immense. I don't ever want to shrink God down to my size and my understanding, right? And so there are things that, go, that I'm not going to understand. Thank God he's bigger than I am. Thank God that he's, you know, there are things that we're only going to know when we get to heaven. Come on, amen. So we can trust him, amen, when we don't understand it. Well, what do I do if I don't like what it says? What if I'm reading something and I don't like what it says? Well, here's what I do when I find something that I don't like. You know, I don't adjust the word to fit me. I don't say, well, you know, I'm just going to, you know, that part I'm going to cut out. It's like, you know, the, oh, broccoli? No, none of that, okay. Bro, little Brussels sprouts? No, let's cut that out too, okay. No, I'm not going to adjust the word to fit me. I adjust my life to fit God's word. Come on, amen. I don't have to like it to obey it. But here's what I found. When I obey in the times that, and do something I don't like, 
when I obey, the miracle happens and I begin to understand. So many times, and this is something, you know, you'd have to understand, and this is one of the best, better things I'm going to say today. Many times understanding comes on the other side of obedience. Understanding comes on the other side of obedience. So you obey, you do what God says, and all of a sudden, I get it. The light comes on and you understand. So we make it the foundation of our life. Number two, to hold on to the word of God, you got to make it the first part of your daily life. First part of your daily life. Jesus said this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. If he said seek first, you know, then that's the thing we need to do. First in your day. And this is, you know, for people that have been fully devoted followers of Jesus for a while, this is something that they do, and it's easy for them. But for those of you that, that are new to this, let me give you a, a really easy way to get this started as a discipline in your life. Take the first 15 challenge, okay? Start each day by giving God the first 15 minutes of your day. Take the first five minutes and give five minutes to reading the Word of God. Look at Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, I, I found these the other, uh, I think around Christmas time, right? Oh, my, one of the favorite tools I have in my toolbox. I mean, so, because you can, you can take it and, uh, you know, all you have to do is, you know, if you're looking at something, you go, ah, yeah, everything gets real clear. Yeah. And uh, I can see everything you've written on your notes there. And uh, what's, uh, I can, we could probably look in your purse and see what's all in there, right? So, you know, these things are amazing. I love this. I don't want to look at it because I'll be blinded. Yeah. All he sees right now, my brother over there, all he's seeing is this white dot in front of his eyes. But that's what the word is like. You know, the, the word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. You put that on, you're not going to stumble and trip up, right? So give, take five minutes, read the word of God. You say, well, Pastor Brad, I don't got five minutes. Well, listen, I, I, I use the, the one-year Bible plan, okay, and uh, to read through the Bible in a year. So every day there's a New Testament, Old Testament, a Psalm, and a Proverb, right, that, that you read, right? And so if, it takes me about 15 minutes to, to read all of that, right, you know, maybe less. And, uh, but if you just read five minutes of it, okay? And, if you, and, and so you can read, you know, just read the New Testament portion or read the Old Testament portion, do that. And if you say, well, I don't have five minutes. Well, I just have one minute. Well, then just read the Psalm, okay? As if you just have one minute, just read the Psalm. If you have only, you know, just a moment, just read the proverb for the day, right? Just do, read something. Come on, amen? Read something. And, uh, and you know, all of you have to go to work, right? So when you're going to work, don't get on, don't listen to the news media or the radio media or the song, you know, the song media, you know, uh, or social media. But the first media you should really jump into, listen to, is the God media. All right? God media. Then, so five minutes in the Word, uh, or 15 minutes in the Word, five minutes in the Word, excuse me, five minutes in worship. All right? Five minutes in worship. I love worship. And, uh, you know, I was a worship leader from the time I was, uh, I mean, the first church I went to, I, I ended up in the choir. Second church I was in, I was leading worship. And uh, from the time I was 17 till, you know, in this church, I was a worship leader for a long time. And, uh, and there's times 
when I wake up in the morning and my mind is filled with all kinds of stuff. Come on, how many have those mornings? You know, you're just, your head's just, you got all the things that are going on in the day and bam, it hits you. And you know, the, the savage beast is alive inside you and you're going, ah, I got to get the, you know. And worship though has a capacity just to kind of calm the savage beast within. Amen. I mean, I started, the song comes on and it's, I need you, Lord, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Just reminds me, God, how I need you. And all of a sudden, man, that everything calms down inside me. Come on. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? Psalm 34, 1 says, I will exalt the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be on my lips. And five minutes of the word, five minutes of worship, and then five minutes in prayer. Just uh, five minutes in prayer. You say, well, Pastor Brad, I, you know, I, I can hardly pray one minute. Well, listen, uh, let me help you. Psalm or Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Who don't want some of that? I mean, that's good stuff, right? Peace that transcends your heart and your mind. I mean, that's awesome, right? Well, he tells us how to do that. He says, start with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. So, you know, just if you're going to pray, just, just start with thanksgiving. Start thanking God for all the things you're grateful for in your life. You know, and if there's only a few of those, thank God for them. And then thank God for all the things that you're not happy about in your life, okay? And all the lessons that you are going to be learning from those things that you're unhappy about in your life. And thank God for, you know, all those things. And let me tell you what will happen. Five minutes will be gone. And you'll be just, uh, and you'll be, uh, you'll be thanking God and, and in thanksgiving. And it, it, Take the first, you know, first 15 minutes. Just start there, okay? And, uh, and your life will begin to change. Now, here's the third thing. Make it grow deeper in your life. I need to make the Word of God grow deeper in my life. And then here, Colossians 3.16 says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Listen, you have control over how deep the Word will grow in your life. Let me give you a little illustration of that. Scott's bringing me out a nice cup of hot water that represent, Scott, thank you. This is Scott, this is Tara's husband here. He's a great guy. And so, um, just one of our security team, if you feel led to be a part of that, you can always see Ted or Scott over there, the big guys over there. Okay. and. Uh, Make sure that everybody's safe here. Well, if, if this represents your life and this tea bag represents God's word, you know, you have to take responsibility for going, digging deeper, right? Going deeper. And the way you do that is like you, you come here on Sunday and you just dip in, you know, a little bit. You take one dip and, you know, you put in there one dip and look at that. I mean, it, it, it's changed the color of it a little bit, right? You know, and as much as I w wish my profound messages were having a deep impact on your life, okay, and making, you know, great changes in your world, that's probably about as much change as happens, right? We're a little different. We're, you know, a little happier, a little bit, you know, you get a few uh, things. But listen, then if you come and you dip again, it changes a little bit more. You dip again, and suddenly something's happening, right? The nature is changing. 
And you just, you know, you just keep dipping and things begin to happen, right? And, and, and the more you dip in the things, the more your world begins to change. And, and here's some things that I think you need to dip into. Here's what, what will help you. You know, first and foremost, I've talked to you about getting a paper Bible, right? right? Well, not only get a paper Bible, but get a translation that you like. All right, I'm, uh, a guy in my Bible study on Wednesday morning said to me, Pastor Brad, I ordered a new Bible on Amazon because I wanted to get a paper one, okay? And uh, so he ordered the Message Bible and, you know, wanted to get a, tra- get a translation you like. And uh, a lot of people say, Pastor Brad, why are there translations? Well, the truth is the Bible was not written in English. It was written in the language of the, the Hebrew people, which is Hebrews, and, and the language of, uh, you know, in the, the New Testament is written in, in the language of, that they spoke. Uh, and they spoke in Greek, and some of the early ones wrote it in, in Aramaic also. And then they were translated into English for us. And uh, so there was three different ways that they're translated, okay? There is a a method called formal equivalency, okay? Formal equivalency where they translate it word for word, just word for word, just one word at a time, okay? And that's, uh, the Bible's like the King James, the King Jimmy, right? King James version, 1611 edition, right? Some people think that King James wrote it, you know, wrote the Bible in, in 1611. No, he just was the first to translate it, and uh, but it's a word-for-word translation, okay? And uh, but you know the, the the Greek or the the grammar of 1611 and the words they used back then is a lot different. You know, things have changed over the, the, the centuries, right? And so uh, sometimes it doesn't. It's a little bit harder, but. Uh, a couple other versions. The new King James Version is a translation word by word, and they took out the thou's and these and replaced them with you and us, and 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 so, uh, you know, makes it a little easier to read. Another tr- translation, the New American Standard Bible, which is, happens to be my personal favorite, uh, as well as the English ESV, uh, are all examples of the word of this kind of translation. Then the second type of translating there is, is there's functional translation. And uh, functional equivalency is uh, not a word-for-word translation, but it's a thought-by-thought translation. So the the scholars just took a thought that was, because a lot of times uh, the the language is Hebrew is a very much an expression, and there's not one singular word for it, but it expresses a thought. And so they took that thought, and that's how they interpret it and wrote it. And uh, the NIV, the the, uh, New International Version, commonly, you know, or the non-inspired version, whichever you think. (laughs) No, New International Version, which, by the way, I make a joke of it, but it's the one I use the most in (laughs) in your notes, right? Uh, The the New Living Translation, the Good News, the Today's English Bible Version, these are all follow that plan. And then there's the third type, which is a paraphrase, okay? And and the paraphrase editions of the Bible, they they took an English Bible and they kind of 
translated the, the old English and the English word for word into a common language or common description. And one's like the Living Bible. Uh, you've heard of Living Bible, you've seen it, it's easy to read. And it was actually, uh, you know, never meant to be widely used. It's just a dad decided he wanted a version that his kids could read. And so he just kind of paraphrased the Bible and they became, uh, you know, well, well read today. Another one is the Message Bible. How many have read the Message Bible? And they're all, they're all different, right? They're, and a Message Bible just talks about, like, you know, the King James says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, right? The Message Bible just puts it into today's English and says, you know, we're going to church. Come on, it's awesome. Okay, it's like that, right? Okay, and so, uh, you know, uh, what you need to do is kind of take a, go home tonight and before you go to bed, just look up 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, okay, in the love chapter, and, and just compare the King James and the New International Version and then maybe the Message Bible, and just, just take a moment and, and do that and see how they're different, and find a great translation that works for you. Blessing awaits, right? Get a great, you know, get a good translation, then get a study Bible. I've already talked about this, and I thought I would just, I'm not going to go into that. I just want to give you a couple examples that I think are really good, like there's the Life Application Bible. I love this Bible because, you know, it's 30 pounds. It stays on my desk, right? But uh, it has all kinds of notes down below and, and uh, descriptions of the chapter and what historical facts, and it's really good. Another good one is the... Uh, is the, uh, um, the John Maxwell uh, Leadership Bible because he has all kinds of leadership stuff in there. Uh, the Spirit-Filled Life Bible by, by, uh, that has uh, commentary by Jack Hayford and a bunch of scholars. Just a great, great Bible, study Bibles to have and, and uh, it can really help you to grow deeper, okay? And then the last way to get this in here is to get in a small group. You grow deeper by, you know, when you can talk about the word that you're reading so if you read something and you go, man, I don't get this. This is, I don't understand it. Well, you can be in a running group, right? You're jogging along with your jogging partner and uh, in your group and you go, hey, I was reading this. I didn't get, I couldn't, I didn't get it. You know, what do you think? And you talk about it. You just share about it and insights come out. And, and, uh, and in a group, you have that place where you can just get, um, uh, get you know that's the power of a small group. I mean, I mean we had a small group here on on on, uh, on, uh, on Sunday and or not, Sunday yesterday 9 a.m. and uh, and man we prayed we just got together and prayed and man I'm telling you what a prayer time that was man that it was like fireballs coming off our fingertips it was fantastic right and uh, and if you want to learn how to pray come to that one but uh, man it was just fantastic and my goal by the end of the year is to really have us uh, operating in eight different major areas of groups and men and women marriage student groups freedom groups financial groups groups, help us with finances, outreach, prayer. And so, you know, you keep dipping into those groups. You keep dipping into things. You know what? And you could dip into a group and if it doesn't work for you, you could dip into another one. And here's what happens. Look at, look at, look at that. Isn't that, oh, that's just, yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, Kenyan gold. Uh, that's just delicious. Uh, and what happens? You don't look the same. You don't smell the same anymore. You don't taste the same anymore. I mean, you, you know, 
taste and see the Lord is good. Amen. So, uh, and then when you do those things, right, you make them at the foundation of your life, right? You just go deeper in it. You give God the first part of your, make it the first part of your life. Then number four happens. Number four happens. This is this. You make it a weapon for the challenges of your life. You, it becomes a weapon for the challenges of your, in your life. Ephesians 6, 13, 17 says, Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And listen, he doesn't say that the day of evil might come or if the day of evil comes. He says that when it comes. So there's a, there's a day of evil coming, right? You may be able to stand your ground. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. And you, listen, the truth is we have available to us the greatest weapon on the face of the earth. It's the sword of the Spirit. Come on, say, what, what is it? It's the Word of God, right? Can I get a big amen there? Amen? All right. In the Message Bible, it says God's Word is an indispensable weapon. That means it, it'll stand up to anything, right? And Jesus actually used the Word of God when the devil came and, and tempted him and messed with him. He, and Jesus said this in Matthew 4 the tempter came and said if you're the son of God tell these stones to become bread and and four times Jesus answered it is written it is written he pulled the sword of the spirit out and and uh and went after him with the word of God you know it's a weapon for every challenge you're going to face in life folks the truth is you're going to face some financial challenges everybody does but when Lisa and I have faced financial challenges guess what we just did we would declare Philippians 4:19, for my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory take that devil and we'd proclaim it in his face right and when we were fighting sickness in our family Come on, who doesn't have to face sickness in our family? Listen, you know, we would go to the doctor. We would pray. We would do the natural things. But we'd grab a hold of the Word of God and we'd declare Psalm 103.3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Go take that, devil. Wab, wab, right? Boom, boom. And you're crazy, Pastor Brad. No, no, no. I'm not crazy. I'm winning. I'm winning. That's how you win, okay? You know, and then there was times, listen, there was times when I struggled with not being good enough, not being smart enough, or my confidence was shaken. And I'd have to declare, and you know, I'd have to declare 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given me a spirit of fear, amen? But of power, love, and a sound, strong mind. Hallelujah. And man, when we felt under attack from people or from situations or circumstances, we would declare no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Come on, are you with me? And Romans 8, 32, I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Amen? Come on. See, the Bible says that the devil comes, he shoots fiery arrows, right? He shoots arrows, you know? Fiery arrows. You know what? You've seen them, right? They, they took a bow and arrow and they, they dip it in fire and he'd shoot with a bow. You know why he shoots with a bow and arrow? You know why that's what the weapon he uses? Because 
He, he fires from a distance. He fires from cover. He hides behind people. He hides behind things. He's a stinking coward. That's what he is. And that's why he shoots them from a distance. But you know what? God says, I'm going to put a sword in, in your hand. I'll put the word of God in your hand. And listen, you can't, you can't operate with a sword from far away. You got to go chase him down. Look him eye in the eye and take him down with a sword of the Spirit the Word of God. Come on, are you with me? Oh, man, this is good stuff. You're preaching good, Brad. It's the winner's edge. It's the winner's edge, right? It's our weapon. It's the sword of the Spirit. And that's why it's so valuable. Every moment, every word, every verse that you take an opportunity to build into your life. When you grab one that catches you and you say, you know what, I gotta memorize that. And I, I'm not saying, you know, and I think scripture memorization is a really important part of our lives. I put it in your, in your Bible or in your notes as something. But I'm not talking about, you know, you gotta, you know, somebody twisting your arm to make you uh, memorize a verse. I'm talking about reading it over and over and over again till it gets inside of you. And you may not be able to quote it word for word, but you know exactly what it says. And you can quote what it says and you can get one or two words or three or the gist of it. And you declare that translation to the devil. Come on. And it's more powerful because it comes from the heart. Come on, are you with me? And so, you know, the Bible says in Psalm 119.9, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? Basically what he's saying, how can anybody stay on the right path? How do you stay on the right path in life? Well, here it is, by living according to your word, God. The psalmist said, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Listen, that's why I, I'm just, my, I love you so much. I want you to get this word into your heart. It will keep you. It will preserve you. It will guide you down the right paths for your life. You, you know, and you've got to hide it in your heart. I've hidden it in my heart. And it'll keep you free from sin. You won't wander in life wondering what's next. But you'll stay on the pathway to life and blessing and truly a life of miracles. You know why this man, I'm going to get his, we're going to meet next Saturday. We're going to sit down I'm going to hear his story, and then you're going to hear the whole story here. I may interview him. I may just have a time. But you know why he's today cancer-free? Because he's hidden the Word of God in his heart, and he's held on to its truth. And listen, a life of miracle is for all of us as we hold on to that Word. To be well, be strong, and filled with God's best. That's his plan for you. Hold on to the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this day. And thank you for this series. Lord, the importance of the Word of God can, is, is, is unmeasurable. 
And I pray, Lord, today that, God, there we would make the decision that we will hide your heart in our word, that we'll seek your commands, that we'll find, God, the, the truths that will guide us, that we'll learn them, know them, that we won't frame our world with the opinions of this life or the culture, tradition or reasoning. But God, we'll just simply say, Lord, this is your truth. This is your word. I accept it. I receive it. And I'm going to walk in it. Lord, thank you for your word. We love it. We want to learn more of it. And we want to live it out every day in our lives. Come on, everyone pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking through in your messengers and giving us the truths of your kingdom. We receive your promises. We will hide your word in our hearts. It will keep us strong. It will keep us on the right path. It will keep us far from sin. It will keep us in your blessing and in your wisdom. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. We are located at 1415 Northeast 223rd Avenue in Fairview, Oregon. You can find us online at www.anthemfamily.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Anthem Family. God bless.